Morning. We have the final Sunday School lesson of our series this Sunday, and I'll have to get you three more lessons to finish off the year with. But here we're jumping ahead from the ascension to Jesus's coming again and what it will be like when we are with him in a beautiful picture of heaven that we have in the last two chapters of Revelation. I won't read the whole chapters, but make reference to some things that are in them. One of the striking things about Revelations chapter 21 and 22 are the, the difference between the way that God portrays heaven and the way that it's often portrayed in our imagination or in the pictures or writings or artistry of men. Heaven, in from man's point of view, without, without God telling us what it's like, becomes really a reflection of our own heart. Um, sometimes heaven is portrayed in a, in a very trite way where it's just oh people hanging out on clouds with with harps not really doing much a pretty boring view of heaven and a lot of times that's what people think of heaven they they think it's nothing they think it's fancy it's um dreams in the cloud there's nothing to it of course they don't believe in it and so that comes out in the way that they talk about it and, and portray it other times heaven is portrayed very much uh, as a reflection of the sinful desires of man's heart um all the all the things that that person wants the most is what's portrayed in heaven uh, of course, the Muslim religion, it's its all about the virgins we're going to get. And other places, it's just a huge candy land or fun land. But uh, the heaven that uh, Jesus portrays for us is something uh, much greater, much better. Not the uh, reflection of our own sinful heart, but the restoration of the Garden of Eden and the joy that uh, we had with God before sin began. Remember that the book of Revelation is one that is very largely symbolic, and so there is a lot of symbolism used here to remind us of greater truths. There's a lot of different numbers. Uh, the number three is, of course, the number of God, triune God, three persons in one. Uh, the number four is the number of the earth, the four directions, the four compass directions of the earth. Uh, unfortunately, there are some Bible translations that often talk about the four corners of the earth, but that's a, a bad translation. The, the four, what's translated sometimes as the four corners of the earth is clearly in scripture a reference to the directions of the compass and so by no means is a reference to is trying to tell us the earth is flat and and square uh, but simply a reference to okay north south east west and and so it's a, a reference to the fullness of the earth so you got three the number of god you got for the the number of his creation of the earth and and even sometimes used of all of creation um, the number 12 then is four times three comes out to 12 and that's the number of God's church uh, the fullness of God working in creation to bring forth the fullness of his plan and the fullness of his people. And then 12 is also the number of the church, um, probably not coincidentally because it was the 12 is the number of the um, sons of Israel. The tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and so that's the, the full number of the Old Testament believers. Not that just because you were born to the 12 tribes of Israel made you 
a member of, of the church, but those who believe were, but it's still representative of the 12 tribes of Israel there. And then, of course, the 12 apostles as well as the New Testament. So both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, 12 is the fullness of God's people. And so then 12 times 12, the, the two together, Old Testament believers, New Testament believers together, you get 144. And those are numbers that you're going to see uh, repeated multiple times in Revelation 21 and 22, as, as well as in the rest of of Revelation, the God number number three for the number of God, uh, four for the number of the the fullness of His creation, um, twelve the number of the church, and then twelve times twelve one hundred forty four uh, the full number of His people, Old and New Testament, and you see that. Uh, repeated here uh, in the gates and the the length of the city uh, so the city comes down from heaven and that's significant as well too right that's the way that god always comes to us it's it's never go us going up to heaven it's always uh, god bringing his holiness down to us christ descended to dwell with us and so here as well um heaven is descending to the earth and god is coming to dwell with man and heaven isn't just spirits floating in nothingness heaven is something very real something very physical from the beginning adam and eve had that perfect paradise in the garden of eden and the new heavens and the new earth is going to be a restoration of that garden but even better even greater and so it's not simply spirits flowing in nothingness it's, it's very real it's very concrete it's god coming down to be with us the the tabernacle of god is with men you even see that right away in verse in verse three uh it's God descending again. That's what the angel said in our, our Sunday school lesson last week, right? He will come in the same manner you saw him go. He, he went to heaven. He's going to come again uh, to be with us and, and to take us to heaven. And so there's that coming down from heaven. As this city of God comes down from heaven, which is the church, the, the city is the people of God uh, here. So the we are shown this city coming down from heaven and so we're really shown what we ourselves look like to god uh, i'm sure that most uh, brides as they're getting ready for their wedding are probably afraid that well maybe their hair isn't just the way they wanted it or maybe their dress isn't just the way they want or something's not you know right and oh this doesn't quite look right but most brides if they could see themselves through the eyes of their husbands would realize there's nothing wrong uh, would realize just how how pretty and gorgeous they are and that's what we're seeing here we're seeing ourselves through the eyes of god and instead of seeing the sinfulness that we ought to see because we know how sinful we are how many mistakes we made we made we we see ourselves through the eyes of god washed clean in the blood of god in the blood of christ and shining and beautiful gold and every precious jewel and and illuminated and and shining right with a with god in our midst and so it's a a picture of the beauty that is ours because of christ and this is the way that god sees us and so it's really a wonderful picture in that way as well the the heaven that is pictured here as i said is um in many ways symbolic but there are, are a few things that we really want to take notice of and what is this heaven going to be like? Well, the first thing, what is heaven going to be like, especially in, in reference to Revelation 21 and 22 here, the first thing is we already talked about, heaven on earth. It, it's that descending, that coming down to us, uh, that, that very physical new heavens and new earth. It's going to be a world like this one, but of course without sin. Uh, another thing that is really stressed in Revelation 21 and 22 is that everything is 
a gift. Uh, the river of the, the water that runs through it is a gift to the nations. The tree of life is a gift to the nations. The tree of life is bearing its fruit and yielding it for the healing of the nations. Everything is a gift. It, we're not going to live in the society anymore where you got to make sure you work. And you got to make sure you, you make money. And there's this big discrepancy between the rich and the poor. And some people have health care and some people don't. You know, that's all going to be gone. Everything is a gift from God, uh, just as everything even now is a gift from God. But we we don't see it that way because of the because of our sinfulness and because of the the greed of many people but in heaven it's going to be this this everything not, not lack any good thing but we'll all be be filled with all of the the fruit of god's blessings and the the giving of god not only in food and drink but also in his his very presence and his light and etc and so that idea of all, all things as a gift from god is also repeated quite a bit in this section. Uh, so what is heaven going to be like? It's going to be a heaven on earth. It's going to be everything is a gift from God. Number three, we're going to be with God in a way that we simply aren't right now. And that also is really drilled home right in revelation 21 and 22 that god will dwell in the midst of them they're not going there's not going to be a tabernacle the the jewish people to whom many of whom would have been reading what john wrote here are so used to that idea of uh, jerusalem the city of god having that temple right in the midst of it but there's not going to be any use for that anymore of course because the whole purpose of that temple is to symbolize god's presence but now god is actually going to be there so that the temple is gone it doesn't matter anymore it has no use anymore because god himself is going to be there. there's going to be no sun or moon because god himself is going to be the light so there's that the lamb is sitting in the midst and giving its light to, to all the nations uh, so there's that real picture of being with Christ in a visible way. Remember, last week we talked about Christ being hidden from us, hidden by the clouds. He ascends into heaven, he's hidden from us, but now he's revealed to us, not partially, not darkly, the way he is through his word, but fully and completely, no more uh, wondering, no more this struggle or wrestling with why is why is this happening why is god doing this i don't understand god i don't understand his will for my life that's all gone he's there in a very visible way uh, with us every every day of our life i like uh 24 verses 24 it talks about the kings of the earth bringing their glory and honor into it and here this is again something that's going to reflect What's in your heart? What what does God mean when he says the, the nations of the earth will bring their glory to it? Well, if, if what somebody really cares about is treasure, gold and silver, right? They're probably going to read that and think, oh, uh, all the nations of the earth are going to bring their gold and silver uh, and and honor the the people, the believers of God. They're going to pay tribute to the believers of God. And so those who believe in kind of an earthly kingdom of God, that God's going to rule, Jesus is going to rule on this earth, might take it that way, that uh, Jesus is going to rule on this earth and all these unbelievers are going to come and tell us we were right and, and bring all their money to us. But that's really shows the sinfulness of the heart that that's what people think of as glory and honor is getting something from other people right but that's not really what god's talking about he's talking about the believers the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it so he's saying all all the nations of the earth will stream into heaven it's not going to be just for the jews it's not going to be you know just for the germans or anything but every tribe tongue and nation and there's many unbelievers in the earth as well but there's people all over the earth from every tribe tongue and nation who are going to be coming into it. many of them even 
wise, even leaders of the earth uh, are going to be believers and are going to be there. So the very best of the earth that, that God himself is going to bring and, and they're going to come into heaven and they're going to praise and honor Christ for saving them. That's the, the glory of the kings of the earth that, that's coming here. And there's no need to shut the gate, of course, because there's no enemies, there's no sorrow, there's no sin. So that's the fourth point, that it's going to be free from sin and all evil, and even without sinners. And that's also stressed in Revelation. Uh, John tells us, he goes through a list of those who will not be there, right? The fornicators, the adulterers, etc., um, the wicked, the, the defiled. And that's a sad thing on one level because uh, we want all people to be saved. God wants all people to be saved, right? But in the end, those who refuse to repent, those who, who cling to their sin, the, we don't want that in heaven, right? We're, we're going to heaven to get away from the sin and the problems of sin. And that's our goal. And so the, the, they are shut off. That sin is shut out. And, and it's sad because we don't want people to go to hell, but it's also joyful and, and because and glorious because now we're we're in this perfect paradise uh, without sin our own sin is washed away as well washed away in the blood of christ even we wouldn't be able to enter if that sin was still in us but it's washed away in christ and so those who are still in their sin that and that sin itself cannot come into heaven and that's that's a good thing so what is heaven going to be like number one it's going to be it's going to be an earthly thing but not earth in the way we think of it. That perfect earth is going to be God descending to earth to, to dwell with us. It's going to be everything is going to be a gift. Uh, and the grace of God is going to shine very clearly. We're going to be with God. He's no longer going to be hidden from us and free from all sin and from all evil. And so finally then we have this promise from Christ at the end of Revelation 22. Behold, I'm coming quickly. This is something that is going to happen. Truly is going to happen. It's going to happen quickly. Quickly. Obviously, from God's point of view, it isn't the same thing as quickly from us. But the Jesus' call and his promises going to, that it's going to happen quickly is really an encouragement for us not to give up hope. Not to say, well, it's been 2,000 years. This is never going to happen. We might as well live like the unbelievers. Jesus says, no, I'm, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. He talks about that himself, that because of sin and lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. So don't allow the sinfulness of this world to take away your faith and your love for Christ. Uh, but uh, dig deeply into his word and pray that he would teach us forgiveness and love so that, that we do not become cold in our faith. I'm coming quickly, he says. Don't give up on, on that following of me. My reward is with me. And because he is coming quickly, he also says, John, don't seal up the words of this book. Don't pretend like I didn't say what I said. Go out there and share the message. And that, of course, was the what happened on Ascension Sunday, Ascension as well. Jesus ascended into heaven and the disciples, and then on Pentecost, especially after Pentecost, the disciples went everywhere preaching the gospel. So he's coming quickly. So the time is now to get out there and share this message. And the spirit and the bride, notice that, the spirit and the bride say, come so it's the job of the holy spirit that it was the job of christ to come to this earth to die for our sins to rise again to ascend into heaven the job of redemption is the job of the spirit to go out and convict the world jesus says in, in john again uh this the the spirit will convict the world of sin it's a job of that spirit to go out and convict to preach the gospel to convict the world and the bride which is the church so the spirit is doing this through us through the church and so in verse 17 the spirit and the bride say 
come. This is the mission of the church. It's why we're still on this earth. It's why that God doesn't take us immediately to heaven as soon as we come to faith. Because we need to be here and to testify and to proclaim his word. So the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears join in that call. Come. And let him who thirsts, you out there who know that you're a sinner and desire that water of life, let him who thirsts, who desires this thing, come and take freely. And there we have that free gift, that grace of God as well. For I testify to everyone who hears the prophecies of this book, uh, not to take from it or not to, uh, to subtract for it. For Christ indeed is coming quickly. Amen. And then their prayer, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And so it's our prayer as well that hearing the grace of God and all that he's done for us, hearing the, the joy and the glory of heaven that is described for us in here, that Christ would come soon and take us to that, that water of life, that uh, tree of life uh, that's for the healings of the nations that we may take part in this wonderful feast of the lamb that he has prepared for us. I, I will note verse uh, 19 and 20, uh, they've got a different... Um, emerald, a different precious stone for each of the different walls of the city that, that they're adorned with. And some of those stones have significance um, in the Old Testament, but uh, many of them don't, not that I know of. Uh, I guess I could do some more digging on that, but I, I think they're just there as a demonstration of the beauty of the the people of God and the city of God that every color of precious stone is is adorning it and so you have the the green and the gold and the blue and the topaz and you know every every color you can think of just lining the walls and just making this a very beautiful city so as far as I know that's the only significance to the stones I, I don't think you can go through and assign a specific significance to each stone but it's not something I've made a thorough study of either so Anyway, Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lessons, and as always, let me know if you have any questions.